My name is Patrick McGilvray, and I'm an experienced marathoner, ultra runner, sports nutritionist, master life coach, and weight loss coach for runners. I've dedicated my life to helping runners just like you properly fuel your body and your mind so you can get leaner, get stronger, run faster, and run longer than you ever thought possible. This is Running Lean. Hey there, and welcome to episode 108 of Running Lean. My name is Patrick McGilvray, the weight loss coach for runners, and today being an example of what's possible with Eva Bailey. So I have this very special podcast episode for you today. I recently sat down with one of my clients, Eva Bailey, and we had a fun conversation all about her experience getting fat adapted and training for her first ultra marathon. So she shares some of the doubts she had going into all of this and how she worked through them. This wasn't always smooth sailing for Eva. She and I discuss a few of the things she struggled with along the way and how she had to make some big shifts in her mindset in order to kind of keep going, right? She also talks about training for and then running her very first ultra marathon and how that whole experience really solidified all of this as a way of life for her. Eva is living proof that with the right mindset, you can do anything you want. She's truly being an example of what's possible. And I'm super excited about this conversation. I know you're going to get a lot out of it. And my hope is that you get inspired to also start being an example of what's possible. But first, if you like this podcast, come check out the Running Lean podcast community on Facebook. This is a fun informative, supportive, encouraging group of like-minded runners who all come together to share goals, to ask questions, to get answers. I do some weekly training in this group. And did I mention it's fun? (laughs) Come and join us over on Facebook. Just search for Running Lean Community and join us. And then listen, if you're tired of trying to figure all this stuff out on your own, if you're tired of like starting diets and then quitting whenever things get tough, If you're ready to end the constant struggle with not being the person you know you're capable of being, then I want to encourage you to do something, to take action. Nothing changes if nothing changes, right? So I want you to get into action. Change something today. Start this year by learning how to create the habits you need to make eating healthy a permanent part of your life. We're not interested in short-term results. We're focused on the long game. I want you to make being healthy just a part of who you are. And the easiest way to do this is to have someone there guiding you every step of the way, encouraging you, supporting you, keeping you on track. Having a coach means you have someone in your corner, someone who's got your back, someone who's holding you accountable to do the things that you don't want to do <laughs> so that you can become that healthiest and most badass version of yourself, right? Be an example of what's possible for yourself, for your kids, for your community, and be an inspiration to others. I want you to inspire others to do the same. I want to create a ripple effect of health and positivity in this world, and it starts with you. Apply for coaching over at runningleanpodcast.com forward slash apply, and let's get you to that healthiest and most badass version of yourself yet. Yeah? Cool? All right, like I said, I know you're going to get a lot out of this conversation that I had with Eva. She's open. She's honest. She brings the real stuff, the struggles, the doubts, all of it. 
My favorite part is that she's experienced this amazing transformation through this whole process, right? She's a different person today than she was three months ago, but I'm going to let her tell you all about it. So without further ado, let's get into this conversation with Eva Bailey. All right, cool. So today I've got a very special guest. Eva Bailey is here and she uh, and I have been working together for the last few months and Eva had quite a transformation. So Eva started out someone who, um, and I'll let her talk about this, but she was a little skeptical about all this fat adaptation and low carb diet, blah, blah, blah. And um, so we're gonna kind of talk about that a little bit, but she had quite a transformation. She, she um, was such a good client. She just dove into this um, all the way, had a lot of questions, along the way, <laughs> but we addressed those and we worked through all of that stuff. It was not always smooth sailing, um, but, but at the end of the day, she uh, ended up having an amazing experience um, doing her first ultra marathon, being a fat adapted runner. And so we're gonna talk about all that today. So um, first of all, Eva, Hello, and uh, why don't you just kind of introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about what what brought you to me and why you wanted some help with all this stuff here? Yeah, yeah. So I I think health and fitness has been a focus for me a lot of my life. Maybe not early on as a kid, um, but most of my adult life, um, I have been a vegetarian since I was in seventh grade. And um, that has, is, was kind of how I identified for all of my life. Um, I, I always kind of struggled with my, with my weight a little bit, like it was always a focus. It was always like, okay, well, what I'm, you know, what, what plan am I on that's going to just kind of keep my, keep my weight down. Um, I was really active, but um I always seemed to, it, it just always seemed like harder than I, I thought it should be to keep my weight down considering how active I was, um, you know, and I had dabbled in a lot of different ways of eating, you know, starting as the vegetarian. I, um, I worked in a holistic doctor's office uh, for a few years a while back. And, you know, so we did food elimination diets and we did a low fat vegan diet and, um, you know, also did a calorie restriction, eat, eat less, run more kind of thing. Or, um, and, and, um, the, a, a pegan diet, which, which is great. Like I still, I think pegan is, is great, which is kind of a mix between paleo and vegan. But anyway, so I've tried all these things and I've all, um, I've, every time I heard people talk about low carb, I was just like, Oh God, that's, there's no way that's healthy. Like I, you know, plant-based whole foods, just eat real foods and that's all you have to do. And which I, like, I, I still think there that that's valid, you know, eat real food. And that's, and that's something that I don't think I'm ever going to get rid of. But, um, how can eating more fat and more protein, more animal products be good for you? I, it just didn't make sense. And, um, but when I, you know, I was, I, I heard your podcast and I was started hearing about this, like I heard you describe me, like uh, as far as, you know, you can't, you know, do you, do you, 
I'm training for this marathon and I'm running all these miles yet I cannot seem to like keep the weight down. Like if I eat less, I just start getting tired and cranky. And then now my performance is suffering. Uh, I'm like, there's gotta be a better way. Like why, why is this so difficult for me? Um, like, why am I the weight that I am if I'm being so active? It just did not make sense. And especially when I'm thinking I eat really well, like I wasn't coming in, uh, from a point where I was eating a a lot of junk. Like I, I thought that I was eating really well. Like I was, I was, I was eating a vegetarian diet. Um, I was eating all these fruits and vegetables and quinoa and sweet potatoes. Like why, why is this so hard? I should be, I, um, I should be 115 pounds for what I'm doing, but it just, it just wasn't happening. And so I hear you, you know, on your podcast, like, you know, how people train and they run all these miles and they're still gaining weight and they, you know, restrict calories and feel bad. And I'm like, Oh my God, that's me. That's me. So I'm like, I, I feel like there's, there's something I'm missing. There's something that I'm not doing right. Even though I, I think I am, I'm doing everything that they're saying to do, but I'm missing something. And I'm, but all my life knowing and hearing that low carb is, is bad, uh, animal protein is, is bad and it's going to kill you. Like hearing that in the back of my mind all my life, I'm just like, I, I, I can't do it. There's no way. But um, something about what you said, I'm like, I got to try it. I got to try it. But I was kind of scared to do it on my own it, it, because I didn't want to, I didn't want to do it. And then like uh, my hormones started getting messed up or, or, you know, my, I didn't want to become unhealthy. So I really wanted somebody to kind of walk me through it. So that, and that's kind of how I got to you. What were you hoping to get out of this? Like, I understand that you tried all these different things, you know, the calorie restriction, the vegan diet, the plant-based or, you know, vegetarian. Um, you had these thoughts about, I don't know, maybe animal proteins are bad for you and and you wanted to give it a try. Why did you want to give it a try? Like, what were you hoping to get out of this? Like, what were you, what was sort of the end game you were shooting for? Yeah, I, I want to run. I want to run far and, and I just want to keep going. So really my goal, it wasn't really even about the weight because I didn't think I, I was overweight. I, I wanted to just run far. So, um, you know, when when I started working with you, I had run a couple marathons, uh, already. Uh, I, I, I think I was running far. I was, I was doing really well in my running, but you know, it's, it's of course, isn't it the book that brings everybody to running, you know, born to run, you know, I've read, I read that a few years ago and, and the thought of running a hundred miles was like super badass to me. I'm like, that sounds amazing. I want to be able to run a hundred miles. Um, but it just, it's, it didn't seem realistic. Um, so for me, my goal is to run farther and just to feel good. I just wanted to just run and keep going and never stop. And then, you know, hearing you talking about being bonk proof and, and using fat for fuel. I'm like, huh? Like, that's interesting. That makes a lot of sense. I, how, how do I do that? 
So that was my goal was just to be able to run a long time and feel great. Yeah. And, and specifically you had, I believe you had signed up for an ultra marathon, like your first ultra marathon. So you signed up for a 50 K yep. having never done one before. And you, you and I started working together, um, a, a little more than three months, I think before your, your, uh, 50 K. So it was a good timing to like get started with this because, you know, as we talk about the fat adaptation process, there's a, a few weeks there where it's not amazing. Right. And yes. you don't feel very good. Um, and so you kind of went through that experience, describe that sort of experience of like going through your training and changing your diet and then, um, going out there and running and having it not be what you thought it was going to be <laughs> yeah. tougher. Like, what was that like for you? Yeah. Um, and, and that was another, that was another thing. Like I, when I, I signed up and I had this goal, I'm like, okay, if I, I, I know that there's this transition, I better get started now. But, um, so getting started and I, and my first run when after a few days of really having no carbs, I was like, oh boy, I, I know what they mean. Uh, everything just felt heavy and slow. Like my muscles were, it, it felt like I was working out in the gym and I, I was, what's going on? Cramping. <laughs> so it just really sucked for a minute. But, um, and then also I had some long runs coming up. I was getting to a point in my training plan where I was hitting, you know, my, 22, 25, 28 mile long runs and going into it, LA, like my first long run, really having no carbs was, was really bad. Um, it, it was just a, a slog, but, um, knowing, knowing going in that like, this isn't going to be fun, but I'm just going to take it slow. And, uh, and, Knowing that this is part of the process, I was like, okay, I'm just going to do it. I am, I am paying the piper here. I am like, I have to do this in order to get out to the, to the other side. But, uh, yeah, no, it was, it was not fun. <laughs> did you, did you have some doubts during that period where you were just like, I don't know if this is, if this is going to work. This sucks, you know? <laughs> um, so I, I, I think I initially did, but just hearing so many people's experience that it's like a temporary thing helped me be like, no, 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 this is part of the process. Like, and I kind of was able to shift my thoughts on it and look at it like, and be excited because I was like, oh, you know, this is, this is part of it. This means I'm doing it right. So the fact that it sucks so bad right now just means that I'm on the right track. Yeah. So um, you were, so you, you, you weren't really having doubts, but you were just like, okay, this sucks. I see what they're talking about now. And, um, and you were just committed to the process, right? Exactly. Exactly. Cool. The doubts that I had, um, a couple weeks in to the whole process, I had to go on vacation. Well, I didn't have to go on vacation, but I, I had a vacation planned and I was going with some girlfriends to Boston and so my doubts were on, on myself on how am I going to stick with the plan 
when I'm in this environment where everybody around me is eating the cannolis and eating the Boston cream pies and having all the drinks and like, and I'm two weeks into this and, but I know like if I, if, if I go off track too much, like it's going to, you know, I'll, I'll have, it'll slow me down. And so my doubts were like, oh my God, how is this vacation going to go? How did it go? Like, how did you end up like doing on that vacation? I, I stuck to my guns really well. And, but it was, uh, and thank God we, we had a call while I was out there because I was describing to you. So, uh, I was like, Patrick, like I'm sitting here and I'm watching him eat these cannolis and in Quincy market. And I'm like, I just, this is a special kind of hell. (laughs) And I remember, I remember we talked about that and it's like, remembering that's just a thought that I'm having in my head right now. Like it's, and the thoughts are like just that they're just thoughts. So kind of removing this factual nature of like, Oh, this is a special kind of hell that I'm going through uh, to just like, Oh, you know, I can actually look at this however I want. This is actually really great practice for the rest of my life, when I'm going to be in front of people that are eating lovely pecan pies or drinking drinks with umbrellas, and I am choosing not to because I want to feel great on my 50K in December. Like, I I am choosing to do this because I know I'm going to feel better. And just because that looks really good right now, <laughs> yeah. it's just like a temporary thought. And that thought is going to be gone in just in just a moment. As soon as that thought comes in, it's going to be gone. So remembering that those thoughts are kind of not really facts. They're not real. And uh, that was really helpful for me to uh, to kind of get through that because I just felt like it was torture. Yeah, I do remember that conversation. And you were just like in the hotel room and you were like, oh, I don't know about this. I'm this is hard, you know, Yeah. but, but you're, you're touching on something that is very important, which is that we have the power to think whatever we want. We don't believe that though. And until you really believe that you can't start changing your thinking. So if you're stuck with these thoughts of like, Oh, this is a special kind of hell, or I can't do this, or this isn't going to work for me, or, you know, I've tried everything and nothing ever works. Whatever thoughts and beliefs you have about yourself or whether you can or can't do something, uh, what you're able to achieve, how far, how fast you can run, whether you can lose weight or not, those are all optional. All those thoughts and, and, yes. and, and feelings are just optional. A lot of them are programmed. You know, they're programmed from decades ago. And so we've just always had these thoughts about like, oh, when I'm around other people who are eating cannoli, it's going to be hell for me. You know, you can choose to believe that and you can keep thinking that or you can shift your thinking. And when you shift your thinking, guess what? There's more that's available to you. And and maybe you can just get through that situation a little better. Here's the reality. Those kinds of situations will come up other times. They're going to come up your whole life. You get to decide what you want to think and feel in those moments and what you want to do. If you want to eat the cannoli, go ahead eat the cannoli. That's up to you. But if you don't, 
and you're doing it because you feel compelled or you feel like you have to or you feel like that's just your programming, that's a problem. But if you if you decide ahead of time, hey, you know what? Tomorrow we're going out with these friends. I'm gonna eat. I'm gonna eat a piece of cannoli and enjoy it. Like that's totally fine. You can do that. But if you if that's not what you want for yourself, if you're like, hey, I'm, I'm in training mode. I got this 50k coming up. I'm in this fat adaptation period where the more sugar I eat, the slower this whole fat adaptation period is gonna take. It's gonna less. It, it shuts down the whole fat burning process when I'm eating sugar. You know, that is something you can choose to do or, or not do. And it sounds like you, you know, you made some good decisions. It wasn't easy, but you got through it, you know? Mm -hmm. So that was cool. I'm glad you uh, shared that because I think it's such an important thing. And we don't think about that. We don't think about how our thoughts are really creating these results for us, you right. know, when you really look at it that way, right? Um, so, so you got through sort of the fat adaptation period, you started running, started to feel better. What describe that moment when running started to feel better? Because I, I love hearing that from people. It was kind of gradual. Um, like I just kind of noticed, um, my paces just started getting better. Like I, it still felt hard, but eventually my pace just kind of got back to where it was before. And, um, but I do remember, I think it was on one of my longer runs that I did not need any, any goo or like, or I, I, I always bring little uh, nut butter packets, but I, I was like, well, let me see if I can get by without it. And so I think I remember I did one of my 25 mile training runs and I, I used nothing and I was fasted and I was like, holy cow, this like, and I, I feel like I could keep going. I, I feel like the only, like the only thing holding me back right now is just like my muscles and my connective tissues are not quite ready for me to go do 30 miles just yet. But, um, I think, yeah, I think it was like one of those long runs where at the end I'm like, I didn't, I didn't have any fuel. I just had my electrolytes and I feel pretty darn good. And that, and I think that was when it was like, oh, okay. I, I, I see, I see the benefits here. Yeah. I love that moment of like that sort of light bulb moment that goes off and you're just like, oh, there might be something to this after all, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> It's so awesome. I love hearing people talk about that. So let's fast forward a little bit. So you, you, you got fat adapted, you got through some tough times. Um, keep in mind that we're sort of like getting into the holidays here. You know, we got Thanksgiving going on and we've got, um, we're getting into the Christmas season and all that, whatever. Um, but you had this, uh, ultra marathon in, in December. Um, how did that go? Like just kind of describe what you did to prepare for the race and, kind of like, uh, you know, what your, what your, um, game plan was going into it and then kind of what happened. Yeah. I, um, you know, consulting with you quite a bit. Um, but my, my plan going in, I, you know, I have a, I have somebody else that kind of writes my run plans. So I, I had, I had all my taper planned, but as far as like the, the night before meal, I didn't do anything different. I did, I had a, had a steak and some asparagus and kind of my usual thing. I had been practicing the strategy for, 
you know, my long runs before I just had my coffee, my, I had my butter coffee in the morning and I used the, the S fuels, um, in the, the morning of, and just loaded up on my hydration and my electrolytes. And, um, I brought my little nut butters just in case, because it's like my little security blanket. Like if I, if I need them, I want to have them, but I just like, I've had the same nut butters in my, in my little pack for months now. And then I just carry them with me in, just in case. But, um, mentally preparing. I was like, you know, I'm just gonna have fun. Like I feel ready. Like telling myself, I, I think I did one of my, like a 28 and 29 miler in, I think, you know, my, I did it about my, my goal pace for, for the race. So I'm like, I, I, I've done everything I can. I think I'm, my paces are looking good. I think I've got my fuel strategy dialed in. Um, the weather was kind of the only curveball because it was going to be really bad weather. So I'm like, it's going to be a little rainier than I'm used to. Let me add some, some extra body glide, you know, maybe bring some extra shoes to change into if I need them. So I'm like, you know, going through this whole race strategy that, that, uh, is pretty, pretty typical. So, and then I get out there. I'm kind of rushed, uh, trying to find a bathroom anyway. So we get going. Um, and so now yeah, off to the races. So that's, so that's my preparation. What, mm-hmm. um, would you you want me to start, start talking about the actual, yeah, I just kind of talk about how the race went, because I know that, um, for you, this is your f- longest distance running in that sort of fasted state with minimal fuel. And when we talk about fuel, you know, you were using some S fuels, which I recommended, which is mostly just, um, uh, fat and, uh, protein. So it's amino acids and some, uh, MCT oil, um, and some electrolytes basically. So it's minimal, uh, fuel. It's not like you're not eating any sugar. There's no carbohydrates going on there. So just, you know, you, you kind of had very, minimal fuel going in there, right? but it's enough The fat and protein will help keep you going forever. You know what I mean? So you don't really need much more than that. So that's awesome. But talk about how the race went for you and, um, you know, how you ended up. Yeah. Yeah. So the race, you know, um, I was feeling good. I was feeling good for a while. I did an early start. And so the, it was a smaller group. A lot of people ended up not showing up because the weather was really bad. Um, but in, in, in Seattle, like you just, you're used to that. So I was like, eh, you just, you show up. Showing up is half the battle, right? Um, there was, there was one guy that was ahead of me most of the time. And so I'd always kind of just see him a few hundred yards in front of me and, and there was a point where we, we did end up running together because he would stop at all the aid stations. And so then that kind of gave me a chance to catch up with him each time. And But there was a section where we were running together and we were talking and he was telling me, oh, yeah, I run, I run 50 mile, 100 miles. I'm going to do a 250 mile race next in May. And I was like, holy smokes, this guy is like badass. Um, he's, he's a real runner, you know, starting to compare myself. But anyway, so we ran together for a little bit and then, um, he kept going and I, and, but every time he'd stop at the aid stations and eating the carbs and the chips and whatever. And 
I'm feeling good the whole, you know, still feeling good. Um, and then we get to the last turnaround and I start gaining on him and he, you know, we, we pass each other or I, I pass him and he's looking at me, he's like, you're killing it. And I'm like, yeah, come on, you know, thinking he's going to kind of keep like, just run with me some more to the, to the, the finish line. And I realize I'm passing him. And, and then I realize he was the only one ahead of me the whole time. And so I'm like, I'm about to be the first one to finish this, this, this finish line. And, th- and, uh, and I know there wasn't a whole lot of people in the race, but I was like, holy cow. So then the last eight miles of the race, I'm like, I'm still feeling good. I'm still feeling good. I'm not, I still don't need the aid stations. I still don't need the crap that all the other people are eating. I've got my, got my S fuels and my electrolytes. And then I, I just, that's kind of when I got that, that last wind or it wasn't even a second wind because it just, I never lost my wind. I just kept going. And then seeing in the, in the, in the last eight miles, I smoked the dude that's going (laughs) to run 250 miles in May. And, and that was when I was like, okay, I'm a believer. Nobody, nobody can tell me that carbs are going to keep you going for, you know, long distances like this. They, they, they may be, they may be good for shorter, you know, faster distances, but this was, this was like the proof to see this guy, uh, burnt, you know, bonk in the, in the last eight miles. And I just go faster. Like I went faster in, in the last bit of it than the whole thing. So that, that was, uh, that was amazing. That was eye opening, And my overall, uh, pay, like I beat my, my goal by, you know, 15 minute or 15 second average. So, uh, I felt pretty stinking good at the end of it. You should, and you should be proud of yourself. And you ended up being the first female because you guys started in stages. So you, you kind of went with the early group and then there were some later groups that started and then they took the, the chip times basically. And, um, you ended up being the first female, uh, which is amazing. So not only was it your first ultra marathon, but you, you basically, you came in first. Let's just say that. Okay. Yeah. And that, and that, to me, that's bonkers, you know, my first one out of the gate. Right. You know, and, and so I'm like, well, it was, it was, a, it wasn't a huge race, you know, I, but, um, but at the same time, like, yeah, that's, that was pretty cool. That yeah. was, that was pretty cool. And then just a little side note here, apparently, uh, like a week later after the results were already posted, some other female ended up getting that top slot because she got lost. And, and I want to, I want to say that she like talked to the race director and said, Oh, I got lost. And so you should like make my time, you know, the number one time or whatever, which I don't think is fair at all because if you get lost, I'm sorry, you don't win. (laughs) You know what I mean? You didn't get lost. Right. Yeah, I don't know what happened. I think, you know, maybe some signs blew down or I, I don't understand what happened, but there was a lot of confusion with the timing. Um, but, you know, when the, the the first results that were posted, like that was 
I was I was the first first female. Yeah, we're just gonna go with that story. Yeah. Okay. Cool. We'll put a, we'll put an asterisk next to her name, not yours. <laughs> okay. Because you are the you're the real winner. I mean, there's all ultra marathons all the time where people get lost or they take a wrong turn. They don't give them extra time. They don't take that back. You know what I mean? They just lose the race, you know? Anyway, um, I'm so proud of you, Eva, for like not only I mean, I'm proud of you for, for winning this race, but I'm, I'm just so proud of you for sticking with it more than anything else and really seeing the power of, of changing your diet and changing your mindset, because that's what it's all about. It's about you becoming this uh, uh, confident and uh, healthy version of yourself, you know, which that's what you really set out to do. You know, you didn't you know, when we set out, you know, you didn't have a bunch of weight to lose, you know, a little bit, but it was just like, that wasn't really the main focus. The main focus is on getting you to the, to the place where you could run long distances and feel amazing and just feel like you can keep going, which right. I would say totally mission accomplished there, Yeah. you know? Um, and then the fact that you, you know, you, you were observing this other guy out there, which is very typical. So, you know, you see all these other people out there on these ultras who may be very, very, very experienced, you know, and of course we're all different levels of, uh, uh, speed, you know, different, different paces and stuff like that. But this guy was, you know, pretty experienced and sucking down all the sugar and carbs all throughout the race and ended up just like crapping out towards the end. Mm -hmm. And here's you, you know, the energizer bunny just keeps going and going. I, yep. I just love that. I, it's such a good comparison. You know, it you really like, was. Yeah, like you're catching up to this guy and then you pass him and he's just like, ah, I can't do it anymore, you know? Exactly. That that was the moment where I was where I was really sold, where, where like, like you said, the comparison is just right in your face. You can't deny it. Yeah. So let me ask you this. You really had a shift in how you sort of thought about all this. Because at the beginning of our conversation here, you were talking about how you were skeptical and you were like, I don't know how this is all going to work. This can't be good for you eating, you know, animal products and things like that. But you you went in and, and, and did it and you you did eat, you know, you were eating steaks and things like that. And so you, you did embrace that, um, the animal products part of all of this. Um, and And I'm just curious, like, what was that shift like? for you like or or what shifted for you during this whole experience like what did you you know you know the person that you were going into this versus the person you are today like what what's the difference there yeah yeah i think um getting educated on some of the science i think there there's a lot of resources that you kind of pointed me to that really made me rethink what what was true uh, about the science about the 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 dietary guidelines that are given to us and not letting our ideal ideology trample our um biology you know and mm. and like let me let me try something just because i have you know I feel really kind of hoity-toity and superior being like a vegetarian or a vegan like let me let me make sure that that's really best for me. Um, so when I started, like the first thing that I noticed 
that I couldn't deny uh, going low carb was like this, the stomach pain, like that I, and bloating that I always thought was normal on previous, you know, animal, uh, not, uh, plant-based diets, like it went away within like a couple days. And I was like, wait a second. So you mean I can eat a meal and my stomach doesn't hurt? And so just in the first couple days, just seeing that I, I don't have stomach pain was like, okay, that's really hard to deny. So it was, and it was just seeing, seeing the undeniable results uh, was like, I, I, I think there's probably a lot of science that is not correct that they're teaching us. So yeah. it was just seeing the results firsthand, feeling the results and kind of doing some more research on the science. Yeah, I think it's, it's interesting. So you bring up something interesting, like, uh, the, the feeling like the stomach pain, the, the bloating, the inflammation that a lot of us are experiencing when we're eating this high carbohydrate diet. And we, we just assume that that's normal. And you don't notice that you're experiencing all that stuff because that's just the way you've been living your life forever. Exactly. But yep. when you stop eating that way and you change your diet and you start eating whole foods, you stop eating processed foods, you stop eating sugar, um, you stop eating refined uh, grains and, and carbohydrates, you start noticing that why doesn't my stomach hurt? How come I'm not gassy? How come I'm not bloated? How come I'm not, my body isn't all inflamed and achy all the time. And until you actually experience that, it's hard to describe to people, but, um, it's, it's such a better, it's such a better way to live your life, isn't it? I mean, why yeah. wouldn't you want to do this? And listen, I hear people talk about this all the time. They're like, oh yeah, I remember I did that low carb thing for a while. I felt great. I was less inflamed. I was, you know, my stomach didn't hurt. And then they, then they'll tell me like, Oh, but I just, I couldn't keep up with it. Or I just, you know, it was too hard or something like that. You know, what do you say to those people who think that this is too hard? Oh, I was about to say, this is like the most sustainable thing I've tried. And I've tried just about every variation, uh, that you can think of. And this is by far the easiest thing. Like you can, even if you're out and about, like you can always find stuff, um, to eat and it's, yeah, it's, it's not that, it's not that hard. Yeah, I, I would agree. I agree with you. I think it's like one of the simplest things you can do. It's about like eating real food and simplifying your food, not making it more complicated, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like, like the first couple of weeks, the first, when you're trying to kind of figure out, you know, when, when you're learning w what to do and you're creating new, routines, you know, that's difficult. But once you, once you figure that out, then it's, it's smooth sailing. Yeah. Obviously there's always going to be a transition period where you're, you know, whenever you're changing your diet or changing your behaviors, like there's going to be a period of like, it's, there's discomfort, there's not knowing what to do. You know, you've got all these old habits and you're sort of been just operating on autopilot forever. And right. so when you change all that, like, yeah, it is a little bit I always describe it as being a little bit of a clunky process. Like it's a little clunky. Like you got to like get the wheels greased up and get things working properly. Um, but once you get it going, it should be simple. The idea is to simplify, simplify, not make it more complicated. Um, so tell me like what you're doing today. So you're, you're doing, you mentioned at the beginning, like you're doing sort of a pegan diet. Tell me what you, what that means and kind of how that looks for you. Um, 
it's basically, you know, and it's still low carb. I'm not, I haven't really gone back to a full Pegan because they have a, a lot of kind of starch. There's, there's still some sweet potatoes and quinoa and things that I'm not really doing now, but I am bringing back, I am going to do some, some carb cycling. Um, so, so, so it will be those things for like a couple days out of the month. And so it looks like, you know, I'm doing the time restricted eating. So I basically in the morning, I have my coffee, I drink that all morning, and then I don't eat lunch until noon or one. And it's usually some some scrambled eggs with some with some onions and mushrooms in there. Um, you know, maybe some uncured no sugar bacon. Um, I so I'm really focused on the quality of the food too. So even the the animal products that I eat are grass fed, grass finished, uh, no no nitrates and and free range chicken and things like that and. All of the green leafy vegetables that that I want, you know, um, asparagus and Brussels sprouts and and uh, you know some green beans, but all all of the vegetables. So it's like I still feel like I'm still eating real food, and it's totally doable. It's delicious. I I feel like we we eat better now than we ever have before. I don't even, I know COVID, we're not going to restaurants, but I don't even want to go to restaurants anymore because I just eat so many delicious things here, you know, and then, um, you know, dinner is, you know, some, some chicken and, and, and some vegetables, but it's like, and there's so many delicious recipes that we've been trying. Um, It's just been scrumptious. Yeah. And that's one of the beautiful things about eating this way is that you can, you can do it in a way that's very simple and where your, your taste starts to change. So we get used to wanting to like, we're, we're, we get used to the hyper palatable foods, you know, that are like marketed to us and stuff and that are amazingly delicious. And when you stop eating that stuff, just like eating a, a, a steak or just a chicken breast or just some, some Brussels sprouts, you know, with some salt and pepper on it become incredibly delicious. So you're, you're no longer like your, your taste receptors are like working the way they're supposed to again. And you're no longer required to eat this food. That's been like engineered to be extremely delicious or whatever. You can find just as much satisfaction out of eating. Like, for example, I just last night for dinner, I had two chicken breasts with salt and pepper on them. That was it. That was my dinner. And I was like, this is so good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who is this person eating this right. stuff, you know, but it was just like so good, you know, and, and I'm not saying you have to eat meat or anything like that, but I'm just saying like, you can really do this in a way that where just simple food can be incredibly satisfying again. And there's such a freedom in that too, because then you're not relying on, you know, making all these recipes and making things really complicated and going to the grocery store six times a week and all these other things. So Yes. I love I love eating this way. Um, is there anything else you wanted to share that we haven't really talked about? Um, I just think your story is so amazing, and I'm I'm so happy you um, took the time to kind of come on here and talk to me. But is there anything else that that we didn't cover that you wanted to talk about? Um, I th- well, I think just the other 
thing that shifted for me was uh, how I look at alcohol. Mm. Um, you challenged me in the first 30 days to not have a drink. And like, I, I used to be like, I'd have, I'd have a drink, you know, a few times a week. And like, it wasn't a, a big deal, but like when I'm cooking dinner, I would like to have a drink and you, you, you challenged me to go 30 days without. And I'm like, okay, I'll give you 30 days, Patrick, but that's not a, <laughs> not a day longer. Hey, you were and, counting those days too. <laughs> right. Right. And, and now like, you know, it's, it's, I feel like so much of it is just creating a new habit, but now I I don't even miss it and I don't really even want to have a drink because again, you go back to kind of feeling the comparison of I feel so great. And then I, I've had a drink. I'm like, I don't really feel so great anymore. And I just, so now I don't even want to drink. And that was kind of a big um, shift for me too. And um yeah, I think that was that was just one other thing. And and preferring fasted running was another thing that like when I heard people say that they run fasted, I was like they're crazy. Like that there's no way that's healthy because I'm thinking like, oh, you know, we're supposed to eat breakfast and like you, you shouldn't do that. And then I started trying it and I'm like, wow, I feel way better when I fat when I run in the morning fasted. And so that was, uh, that's life changing. And it just simplifies everything. So, you know, I'm not running around feeling hungry all the time. So last weekend, we went out for a mountain bike ride kind of midday. And normally, I'd be like, okay, well, we've got to make breakfast in the morning, I've got to make lunch, I've got to make some wraps, some, something that I can bring for lunch. Um, and like, now I, I have so much more time in the morning where I don't have to worry about cooking breakfast. We went out for a mountain bike ride and it was like one in the afternoon. We're driving home and normally I'd be like, okay, I need my snack bars and, and I, you know, I need my lunch. And I'm like, I feel perfectly fine. We just did a, you know, a mountain bike ride, which is, you know, that's pretty uh, physically demanding. And I'm like, I feel great. And I'm not, frantic and like I have to hurry up and get home and make lunch or like it was just huh I'm I'm not hungry all the time I don't need to snack I used to snack like I, I would eat eight times a day I'd eat breakfast I'd I'd graze in the morning and I eat lunch and I'd graze until dinner and then I'd so I was just eating all the time and I realized that that's um that's that's not how even though they'd say oh yeah eat more and it's gonna make your metabolism go faster and then you're gonna lose weight no 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 I uh, I feel it was like an imbalance in hormones and so now doing all this has has uh, like has corrected my hormones and just balanced and I just don't feel hungry as much all the time my my that's that's not my world food is not my world anymore I can focus on the you know whatever I'm doing right here right now with with my friends and and um, just be present rather than thinking about what I'm going to be eating yeah or drinking you know yeah you know and that's so cool I'm glad you mentioned that because this is about changing our relationship with food and with alcohol um, these these substances can be um, very difficult to to do in moderation especially the 
the refined carbs, the sugar, the alcohol, that's hard for a lot of people to do in moderation. Some people just be like, oh yeah, just moderate. But it's very hard for a lot of people. And so um, some of us, you know, like I don't drink alcohol at all. Um, some people can just, you know, we, we talk about that relationship they have with alcohol and if they want to change that, then we work on it. It doesn't mean you have to, you never can drink a, a alcoholic drink again in your life, but it just means that we got to change the relationship. You got to change how you think and feel about this stuff. You got to stop using these things like drugs to make yourself feel better. It's, you know, stop using it as a coping mechanism or as a reward mechanism and start using it as, as fuel. Or in the case of alcohol, you can drink every now and then, um, but it's if it becomes an issue, you can back off again. Like we want to work, we want to have this relationship with these things to where we are in control. And as long as we are feeling like we're always in control, we're good. Because then you could just say no. You can just stop. You can say no. Um, but when we feel like we're out of control, when we feel like the food is something we have to do every couple of hours because, you know, we're so hungry, we can't not eat, or I can't imagine not drinking every other day or whatever. That's a problem. We need to fix that, you know, so we need to work on the relationship. And so I'm glad you brought that up because you did, you did a good job with that too. Was that scary for you to like maybe give up the alcohol for the, for 30 days or so? I I mean, I have to be honest. It was the thing I was looking forward to the least. Yeah. And I remember our first call, like I was kind of bracing myself for you to tell me like, okay, you know, let's see if we can kick, you know, kick, cut that out this next month. And we got to the, you know, we're almost at the end of the call and you didn't mention it. And I was like, okay, he didn't say anything about it. Maybe I can keep drinking. And then at the very end, you're like, okay, give me, you know, 30 days. And I was like, oh, <laughs> by the way, if I forgot to mention this, uh... <laughs> right. right. So it was like, that was surprisingly enough. Like, even though, yeah, I was not looking forward to that, to, to not drinking. But how'd it but, go for you? Um, I think the hardest part was when I was with my, my girlfriends and, and mm -hmm. they were, and they were drinking, but just by deciding in advance, like, this is just what I'm going to do. And, and, and knowing like, okay, I'm challenging myself for the, for 30 days. Like this is temporary. This is just what I'm going to do. And, you know, you make the decision, you set your mind to it. And there's just, there's just no other option. There's not an option to be like, oh, like actually maybe I'm going to have one tonight. Like, no, that's just off the table. So for me, it was just, I just closed the door and it's like, oh, it is what it is. Was it hard at first though? It, it was at first, like, especially when I was like cooking dinner yeah. because you, you, you're in this habit of like, Oh, I'm cooking dinner. I'm gonna have a glass of wine while I'm cooking. So it was because like, I'm in that habit and I was kind of like looking for the thing that I'm going to like chopping and Oh, th where's, where's the glass of wine that I normally reach for. So it was, so that was weird. And I was like, Oh, I really would kind of like a glass of wine right now. Um, and then how long before it like felt easier and you just weren't really thinking about it anymore? I think it was, it was maybe like after the first couple of weeks I was like, mm, yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't take long. Right. And that's the experience that, that a lot of people have They're They're a little bit scared to go into this thing. <laughs> like, I don't know about that, but it's, and, and this is part of the, um, the reason we do it. it part of it is physical because you want to like change your, um, your, 
your uh, hormones and, and alcohol just acts like sugar in your body, you know? So we want to like kind of eliminate that issue as well. And also slows down the whole fat adaptation process and all that. But then there's that mental aspect of it being sort of a habit. And so we want to just like change the relationship. And so it takes a few weeks usually to like, just go like, Oh, I don't even really miss that anymore. And most people go into it scared. And then after a few weeks, they're like, Oh, this is no big deal which is cool right. because when you get to that place, then it's not a big deal. Yes. Not drinking is not a problem because you're not thinking about it all the time. Just like eating the, the sugar and stuff. When you stop being obsessed about that kind of food, not eating it is not a problem. Right. You know, it's like easy peasy, right? Cool. Yeah. Well, this has been amazing. Eva, thank you so much for coming on here and sharing your experience with me and congrats on an amazing 50 K what's next for you. What do you got coming up? Another race scheduled or anything like that? So I've never, I've never been an organized race person. Um, <laughs> so I think, you know, I do, I do have a marathon scheduled in July. That's just kind of a fun one that I'm doing with some girlfriends because it's something that we've done the last couple of years. And so I'm going to do that again in July, but I, I, I do want to do a 50 miler. I'm just trying to figure out when, because this year I've got, I've got a lot of plans and I'm trying to figure out how to schedule a 50 miler in with, with, um, all, all of the things going on. But, uh, I, I am trying to figure out where I can squeeze in my 50 miler because you know, with my, one of my original goals, like I, I still want to run a hundred miles one day. I still want to do that. So, um, I am keeping my mileage up. So that way, if, if I can find a time to get that 50 miler in that, that I'm not ramping up from, from the beginning, I also, I also want to work on more, uh, on being able to help other people with this transition. I, uh, I, I'm looking at, you know, improving my own coaching abilities and, and, uh, certifications. And so I want to figure out how to help other people do this because I, um, it's, it's just been so transformational. So. That's awesome. So I'm so glad you said that too, because, um, my mission here with all this stuff is to be an example of what's possible and to inspire others to do the same. And you're living that right now. Uh, you know, I, I've been an example for you. Now you can go out there and be an example for others. And that's what I want. This is how we create change in the world. This is how we create impact. This is how we create this ripple effect of, of good health and positivity in this world. So that's super awesome. Well, let us know when you, uh, when you get your 50 K on the calendar and then we can like do a little recap and see how that goes for you. I'd love to yeah. get you back on here and talk about that experience. And My then 50 of course miler. hundred miler. And then yeah. you're 250 when you do that one. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you yeah. got to beat that guy. Exactly. <laughs> right. Okay. Sounds this good. has been awesome, Eva. Thanks again for, for being here. It's been super fun. Oh, no. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be able to uh, to talk about this. Any Anytime somebody will listen to me talk about health and fitness and food, like I'm all over it. So thank you. If you're a runner and you've been struggling to lose weight or you keep losing and gaining the same 10 pounds over and over again, or you're finally ready to get to your natural weight and stay there for good this time, then I have something you will love. I've created a powerful new training just for you called Running Lean for Life. 
You'll learn exactly how to transform yourself into a lean, fat-burning running machine so you can run without bonking, lose weight without calorie counting, and develop the habits required to make it last for life. To get this free training right now, go to runningleanpodcast.com forward slash lean for life and start your transformation today. 